Hi party people, you're listening to the TMS podcast with me, Lisa May. So welcome everybody to today's session where we're going to be looking at the five top retail trends that we have highlighted that are going to play a big part in 2021. The first one is DTC, which is delivering direct to consumer. The second one is on-demand manufacturing. The third is sustainability. The fourth is live streaming. And the fifth, which I am not going to be covering today, is social commerce, which is all around selling on social media. I am going to be looking at doing a specific workshop around social media, not because I am by any means the expert, more from a planning and a strategic perspective. In terms of the social commerce, I have been in touch with a few people who are possibly going to be able to support us in understanding a little bit more around the specifics of social commerce not having a physical store and it being a new initiative I'm really struggling to be able to offer any specific advice don't want it to go past the buy we I am going to look at it it just won't be covered in this workshop so the first one that I want to um, talk to is on-demand manufacturing and at its biggest place within the retail community the biggest champion of this is Zara and it's very much you can walk into a Zara store you will see something and you can go back two days later and it will not be there and there will not be what a lot of retailers refer to as replen you're not going to get any more of it in within your store it is the highest level of what within apparel retail you refer to as buy now wear now but something I'm trying to talk to in buy now use now just this real instant gratification of an item very much used to be around that instant gratification of I want to be able to use it now seasonally what it is shifting towards now is being able to use it in this moment and this moment being a full lockdown a partial lockdown a Christmas that differs from any other and not being able to go on a summer holiday so it's very much swift shifted from being a seasonal on demand to a practical logistical on demand so that is what is meant by on demand manufacturing it is absolutely something that from a small retailer perspective I encourage people to move away from I don't want you getting a ping on your computer to say that you've had a sale and then you go and make it and then you go get another sale you make another sale you make it's a very very um, outdated way of running a business you want to almost batch create what you want to sell and you dictate your audience and your following to purchase those particular items for the length of time that you want to be selling them where we now sit is with this on-demand instant gratification and my advice to you guys is you have to shift your marketing so you have to make product that currently you have been sat on for potentially three months feel incredibly relevant incredibly now incredibly need to jump on it so it isn't necessarily about changing your product it isn't about chasing into something and 
possibly resulting in having wasted product because then you chase into something and then you've got lots of it left over, which we want to move towards a zero waste um, circular design business. So what you have to do is you're going to have to, and we're going to have a little exercise today. We, you need to look at your product and you need to identify what is seasonless, what is always going to be able to be used, what suits all eventualities even the ones that we're in right now so even if it's something that maybe you would normally encourage to be more of a uh, dressier or more of an occasion or more of a luxury item how are you able to market it within the everyday um, and this product is what is going to be the absolute foundation of your business. And it sits right at the bottom. That will always be available. You can always pull on it. You can always market it. It's then looking at the next level up. And that is looking at more rather than dictating your product. It's your marketing calendar. So what you need to do is you need to look throughout the entire of your year and say, what am I marketing at what point? What am I making my customers want to buy into because I'm making it seem desirable? I'm making it seem seasonally relevant. I'm making it seem instantly that they need it. What am I touching on throughout the year? Now I'm going to give you um, three different scenarios and I want you to look at your product and I want you to create a mini marketing campaign around what that product message could look like when I say mini marketing campaign I just mean how do how are you selling it to me right now what is the language that you're using maybe have a little bit of a think of what that customer is maybe have a think about how long you can physically push it for one of the examples is pretty obvious. You have no choice around it. So the first um, time or period or instance when I want you to sell is I want it to be something around lockdown love. So something that they are absolutely going to be able to use from now until, oh, I don't want to say the end of February, shall we say? Hopefully after that point, we'll be in a better position. <laughs> don't quote me. So something that's lockdown love, something that's right now, but you're coming at it from a place of it's new, it's exciting, it's different, it's what you want. The second scenario is Valentine's. Will we do Valentine's this year? What will that look like? Being forced to spend the evening with your loved one. And the third one is step into spring. Now you've got three, I've picked these very specifically because one of them is not a holiday it's a moment in time the other one is a specific holiday but it's incredibly short and you're going to have an awful lot of noise and competition around you and the third one is step into spring where you could start that march and not shut up about it until mid-may so i want you to take just two or three minutes to go through pick one work your way through all three of them if you want to but I want you to look at your product and it's not got to be specifics but I just need you to be brainstorming different ideas around where you can take stock you already have and make it desirable in a specific moment where your customers is going to have that fear of missing out I have to get it now I have to purchase that now the demand that you are setting as the brand versus the demand of the customer wanting and then you having to react.
it could be as you start to work through not only these three examples, but the rest of the year, you may highlight, okay, so I've got huge gaps. I have huge gaps within my calendar where I don't have a reason to be talking to my customers. I don't have a reason to be selling to her. And none of us are going to go into that place of, I don't care what you buy, but please buy anything. You have to be in the place of dictating to your shoppers what you want them to buy at any given time. So through this exercise, you will then go, my goodness, I, I have nothing to sell from, I don't know, June through to September. So then that is then where you look at either that's where I need to be bringing in new product or that's where I need to be making new product. A really good example or a really, really good way of framing this is every single retail store changes its windows, its entire window once a month. So the first of the month or it kind of differed over the last couple of years, but once a month, the window would change and that would be the message that the window would be. However, probably every Monday, your VM would go into your store and rejig that window and make it seem a little bit more relevant, make it seem, uh, it may be dictated to stock quantities, it may be dictated to what was a bestseller. This is the mentality that you need to be adopting within your business. I'm not saying you have to create something every single month, you may change your window every other month, but you have to be actively choosing what you're selling. And this on-demand manufacturing is now forcing you to do it. It's not okay to her to come to you and look for something. You need to be telling her what she wants. Okay, so hopefully you've got a couple of examples there. We're going to move on to the next one which is sustainable supply chain. Now, I don't necessarily have some real clear actions for how you can influence this within your business, but I'm just going to say, I'm going to ask you two questions as your task. But first of all, I'm going to say, it needs to be a message. Whatever you're doing, whatever you believe in, it needs to be communicated. You need to have a place on your website that talks to the things that you're doing, that you're protecting, that you're passionate about. It's no longer a, um, a nice to have. It's no longer a, oh, well, I'm doing this good thing. It's now shifting into a place where customers are actively wanting to know what you as a retailer are doing and where you're moving your own dial. So the two questions that I want you to ask yourself are, what are you doing that's really, really good? What are you doing currently that's really well? Doesn't mean that you're where you want to be, but what are you doing well? And I want you to write the ways in which you can communicate to that to your customers, whether it's through an email marketing, whether it's through social, whether it's a moment on your website, but what you're doing well, what you're actively choosing to do one thing versus something else because of a sustainable or an eco reason, how are you talking about it? The second question is, what could you be doing better? Now, this isn't about hiding the things that you're not doing better, you're not doing well. I spent four years at an incredibly painstakingly sustainable company, Eileen Fisher, and we had 20, the 2020 vision. Now that 2020 vision was set in 2020, um, the 2000, and they spent 20 years trying to achieve what they thought was their 2020 vision. 
I don't actually think we hit it. I think we would have probably done. I think COVID played a massive part in the, the, the achievement of those goals. But the point was, it was a message. It was a marketing campaign of where we wanted to be by a certain point. M&S do it really well. Plan A, plan B. Plan A is where they're at. But plan B is where they want to be. Plan B is where they want to be in 2025. So if you know there's things within your business that you want to shift the dial on, but you might not physically have the resources, you might, it might physically cost you too much money to do that. It might not be a sufficient and sustainable way to run your business at the moment. That's fine. But the conversation of knowing that you want to move your dial in that direction, that you want to be that business that stands for those things is something that you need to be communicating. So the first question is, what are you doing really, really well? What do you feel? And it might not be something that you have recently changed. It could just be the way you've always run your business. It doesn't take away that it's a really good thing you're doing. And the second one is, what could you be doing better? And how can you set goals and dates around that? It doesn't matter if you don't hit the goals on the dates. It matters that you're trying. It matters that you are pushing and progressing forward to hit something that's better. Okay, so we're now going to move on to the third one, which is live streaming. Now, this can mean a lot of things for a lot of different businesses. Live streaming in this moment just does wonders for your social engagement. So if you believe that your customer is on social media, you should be prioritizing some sort of live. Now, this can We'll put aside the shopping aspect of live streaming, which is the big trend of 2021. And let's just look at live streaming. You can live stream a moment. So you could live stream a particular thing if you're maybe a service-based business that you go out and about and you're doing various different things. You can absolutely be live streaming in those moments, in those various different things. You could be live streaming from an educational perspective. So you could be coming on to talk to your customers about specific things. It doesn't have to be about your product. It can be um, that you've pulled in another expert from another field. So for example, um, Linda runs a children's wear store. She could bring in an expert that talks to sleep experts. Um, she could bring in an expert that talks to sleep. We've also got Clemmy who runs a bridal business. So Clemmy could bring in any other avenue of planning a wedding to do a talk with her. It's not selling her product, but actually from a social media perspective, it is going to push um, your engagement through the roof, which is something that we've known through 2020. Um, it's a really great way to capture somebody in that moment. There was a lot more browsing um, on social media through 2020 because we had the extra time. So we know that it's a good way to push our engagement. The way that the trend is moving forward is that there's a lot more selling through live streaming. 
So it's that instant connection. And it's really funny because my mom has always been a huge lover of QVC. And live streaming is no different to QVC. It is talking and selling the benefits in that moment of that product, probably talking to an offer that's exclusive for the length of the live or the length of the program. And it was only over Christmas and I'm sat there and we've got, is it Firm Britain who's doing the clothing range now? And she's selling her clothing range. And I'm like, she's doing a damn good job. She's doing a damn good job of selling that product, making it desirable. I'm building that no like, and trust factor that I quite like the thought process that she's gone into making these items. She's really connecting with me as a woman, probably not me as the woman, but she's definitely nailing my mom. Like she's doing a fine job of that. Um, but that is what live streaming selling is. And I think people try and overcomplicate it and make it more than it is. It isn't, it's nothing more than telesales. And I think if we can get into our head that it is just telesales, that allows us to feel a little bit more in control. It's just a cool telesales. So there's a couple of things to, to mention of patterns that we're seeing. We're not always seeing um, large corporations live stream their own product so i have seen molly king doing uh, lives for ghd hair straighteners you haven't necessarily got a, a face a person a personality behind some of these really big brands um that's going to draw them in do you know what i mean people want to see a certain person you have that you are your face of your brand people want to connect and communicate with you so you doing your live streaming and selling you're already have that pull of being that person they want to connect with now there's a couple of different things because we've we've done we've experienced a lot of online markets over um lockdown and there's a lot of a lot of contradicting feedback around them in terms of well I've got it here but I've got to click through to here and it doesn't seem seamless and that is what we're trying to achieve with any sort of customer experience any sort of customer shopping in the moment is at the moment is that it's seamless so if you're going to do this sort of live stream where you're talking about a product you're going to go through a collection you're maybe pairing them together as particular items or talking about the history of an item or a new collection or where it's coming from just allow yourself to communicate and set the scene beforehand say to them that they may want to live stream on a computer so they've got their phone to do the purchasing or if you've got a phone and an iPad talk them through and allow them to put themselves in a position where they're going to make that experience much easier for them to be able to click through and shop so they haven't got to leave you in your moment to go and make a purchase I think people are really frightened that they can't tell people how to get the most out of their customer experience well until there's a place and a moment where we can live stream and it pops up on the screen and we can just click buy, we're going to have to fidget from platform to platform, communicate to them because people who are warm, people who are engaged enough will do that. They'll get themselves set up, set the scene, get yourselves a glass of wine, make sure the children are in bed, make sure you've had your tea. We're going to have an evening of talking about such and such. So what I want you to do now is I want you to 
I'm going to give you a couple of headings and I want you to um, write the headings down and then afterwards just jot down a couple of notes under each one around where you think you can um, create these sorts of lives. So the first one is education. So the first one is just a purely educational live that talks to you as a business, it talks to you as a product maker, it talks to the history behind it. Could be a bloody great job to do one for your sustainability values. The next one is a conversation with. So who can you bring into your business? A collaboration, a conversation with somebody who is going to really boost that engagement. You're also going to be able to leverage a little bit of their audience because everybody who's their audience is going to be wanting what you want because it's that good collaboration. And then the third one is the selling. So what product do you think that you've got coming up where you could create an intimate, um, really connecting environment through live stream where you believe that you can talk for about 15 to 20 minutes about a collection of product, a specific product, and you the, the call to action, the result is that you want them to be able to buy at the end of it what would that discount look like that was solely from the start of the live until an hour afterwards? How could you communicate that? What is that setting? I'm also just going to reference because um, Rosie's put up on my screen. If you have a physical store, you need to be including this within these live streams. We want to see you in your store. We want to be seeing you walking us through um, your shop front, your collections. We want to see if you've got assistance. We want to see you together. Um, that is the environment that we want to see. And we also have... Ruth here who had a phenomenal um, reaction to this very thing they did it on zoom they pulled everybody onto zoom it was in the store it was this Christmas collection get ready and it was just amazing it she had a phenomenal result from it I hope she doesn't mind me saying but the point was utilize your physical space that you have when you're doing this within your own studios or homes make the most of your setting allow me to want to jump inside it and experience it with you so finally we're going to talk to um, DTC direct to consumer and I kind of need to split this into three sections because there's the DTC that we all need to be aware of getting product to our consumers the easiest way possible and then I want to tap into the wholesale from the wholesaler and the brand that is providing their product to that store. So first of all, we need to be aware of what we actually mean as in DTC. And the trend that we're seeing is that consumers are doing research on third party platforms, such as Ansota Shop or Etsy or not on the high street, but they're wanting to go to their the brand they're wanting to go direct to the supplier that was something that we saw quite considerably within the first lockdown just because everybody kind of went a bit chaotic deliveries weren't reliable orders weren't reliable stock quantities on various different websites weren't accurate so people were placing orders and they weren't getting them that is still something it's a trend that we're still seeing they want to shop with 
the independent business versus the third party platform because they want to support you they're not they know that you're going to get the most out of it the other thing to mention is in that DTC, direct-to-consumer wanting to serve them in a bigger way, we're seeing that more people are spending more on one platform, which again begs to differ the contradiction of people saying that department store mentality is dead. It isn't, because rather than searching through three or four websites, you're just shopping through that one department store, which is why wholesale is absolutely still a thing it isn't the fact that they're not going to want to shop with wholesalers but as a brand how can you service your customer in a bigger way so two questions on this section the first one is how can you what in your current product offer are you missing that you feel quite quite easily quite confidently not too dictating from your brand can you bulk out your collection and support your customer in a bigger way what is it that you can own that you can make or you can source in that you can deliver to your customer in a bigger way the second one is where are you leveraging those partnerships and actually actively selling other product on your website i'm not saying that you all of a sudden become a wholesale business but I am saying when you have those collaborations with people on Instagram um, through influencer marketing or through just partnerships that you build how is it through that moment that you're not serving those things on your website you need to be able to capture those sales not for your benefit but for the consumer she wants to be able to shop it all in one place so the first one is how can you expand your range to serve her in a bigger way secondly how can you make sure that when you're working with other brands and businesses that you are allowing her to shop those on your website rather than constantly dictating her somewhere else because the trends suggest she won't go as much she'd rather get it all in one place one delivery one parcel to miss or have to go and collect from the depot Now I want to move on to the, the wholesale slash brand relationship and everything that I've just said could be very contradictory to what I'm going to say. So she wants to shop with the brands. She doesn't want to shop through a third party, but then she does want to shop everything together. She doesn't want to hunt around various different websites. So in terms of the wholesale relationship, it just means that you really have to nail it more than ever. If you aren't at the moment, um, in a place where you are wholesaling, I wouldn't recommend that now is the time to be building those wholesale relationships. Building connections, inquiries, 100%. But at, do I think right now is the, is the time where you need to be signing up to new relationships as in terms of selling your product on somebody else's site? No, because the places that they're shopping at the moment are the places that have already built up the authority. So I know, and we've got... Um, an example in this store in, in, in TMS of Susan who runs Live Story. She has built a very um, a certain aesthetic around her business of the quality of the product of the type of product. Now her customer is not going 
to want to shop at all of these brands individually because Susan's done such a great job of encompassing um, that no like and trust factor, all the values that she stands for, that quality that it's kind of like, well, it has to pass this quality control to be allowed to be in this bubble. So wholesale absolutely does work. You just have to find that relationship that really talks to your customer. If you are not echoing everything that they're echoing, you will not be purchased, but ultimately you're not gonna make money for your wholesaler either. And on the flip side, if you are the wholesaler, so we do have a few people, Linda on here, who brings product in, you have now got to be so even more aware of what your customer is, what she wants, and how are you delivering that? And it's not just bringing something in to fill a gap. If that gap isn't aligned with that customer, she's not going to shop it. She will find it some other way. You have just really got to allow her to know that once it's in your store, it's ticking every single one of her boxes, and she's really not got to do any of the research around it. So the questions that I want you to be asking yourself um, in terms of um, the DTC, I'm not asking you anything specific around wholesale because it doesn't feel relevant. There's too many of you. I don't think it's the time that you should be going into it. I do think that you should be having relevant conversations with your current wholesalers to be like, is this right? Is this working? What can I do to support you in a bigger way service wise? What can I do to support you in a bigger way customer wise? Um, but in terms of starting new relationships, I wouldn't encourage it at the moment. I don't think you'll get a fat lot of response if I'm completely honest at the moment, people are nervous. So the two questions that I want you to ask are, how can you be building out your product offer to support your customers in a bigger way? Maybe you do a particular type of apparel for a particular type of person. How can you be bringing in, um, no, that was a terrible example. You are selling a particular type of jewelry to a particular type of person. How can you expand on that jewelry? You are offering a particular type of person stationery. How are you able to build on that stationery and offer more of those quick short-term purchases? And then the next question is, how can you be making sure that the relationships that you're building through influencer marketing or partnerships or any sort of expert educational live streaming that you decide to do, that, the, that there is the ability to share to, for you to be able to benefit from selling their products as well on your website? The biggest thing is... Um, they're wanting to go to the source, but they're also wanting the convenience. And both of those two things are really contradictory. And it's about finding a line in the middle that suits both. So I'm going to quickly recap. So the first point that we talked about was on-demand manufacturing. And it's got nothing or very little to do with creating and bringing in new product and everything to do with our marketing campaigns and making our product relevant, desirable in this moment. Also making sure that you do have a real strong foundation of product that sits on your website 360 all the time. The second one was sustainability supply chains. This isn't really about me telling you how you can benefit or improve your sustainability chains, unfortunately. But it is about me making sure that you are talking about it. And it is definitely a conversation that people understand and aware of your values on it. What are you doing really well? And how are you communicating that to your customer? 
and what could you be doing better and what are the goals to move those dials and what dates do you want to achieve them by and why why is that important to you to be doing those things the third one was live streaming we looked at education and we looked at um in the moment sort of uh, in person with whether it's live chats very much just about pushing your engagement building and leveraging other people's relationships but as we step into 2021 and we start to see a lot more of selling on live streaming how are you able and where does it feel relevant to be doing that um, within your business so you've planned out your 12 window changes or your six window changes throughout the year where is it that to support those changes, to support those marketings, you're filtering in um, a QVC extraordinaire um, to talk them through your product? Where have you maybe got a live expert that can come in and support that even more at the beginning or at the end of that discussion? What does that discount look like in terms of driving those sales? And then the final one is DTC, which is all about um, consumers wanting to go direct to the source. They're wanting to deviate around any third party platforms, but it isn't about, about saying goodbye to wholesale because wholesale, when done well, is basically is the buyer's job. You are creating, curating a collection of desirable product that talks to that one bespoke customer that may come from 40 different brands, but you're curating it to fit her exact needs. How are you beefing that out? But how are you just making sure that you as a wholesaler are aligned with those values? And as a brand, making sure that the shops and the online stores that you're trading in talk to those values in exactly the same way. So that is absolutely everything from me. I hope that was helpful. And if you have any questions, I will be able to answer them um, either by email or by DM. That's it, lovely people. You've been listening to the TMS podcast.